Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. November 2nd, 2021. Is Peacock playing to win? And why is Comcast still so focused on the video business? As cable video companies have transformed themselves into connectivity broadband companies, it is not surprising to see Comcast investors worried about the slowdown in broadband subscriber net additions. Comcast has lowered expectations twice in the past two months and Charter once. While it remains to be seen how much of the broadband slowdown is COVID pull-forward versus competition, we see two other important questions that Comcast investors should be thinking about coming out of Q3 2021 earnings. Number one, Peacock investment spending needs to increase dramatically to be a must-have. In January 2020, Comcast held its Peacock Investor Day ahead of the service's launch to Comcast subscribers in April 2020 and all other subscribers in July 2020. During the launch event, Comcast Chairman of Direct-to-Consumer Matt Strauss stated Peacock would reach break-even profitability by 2024 based on 30 to 35 million active accounts by 2024 with a blended ARPU of 6 to $7, a mix of advertising and subscription fees. Note, monthly active accounts so-called MAAs, is a new Comcast-only metric that includes Peacock-free subs and Peacock premium subs that get the service for free via Comcast or Cox and now X-Class and who use the service at least once during the month, in addition to active actual paying subs for the ad-supported $4.99 Peacock premium tier or the $9.99 ad-free Peacock premium plus tier. When Comcast reported Q3 2021 earnings last week, it announced that Peacock had generated $230 million of revenue in Q3 with a $520 million operating loss, nine-month revenue of $454 million and an operating loss of $1.2 billion. Comcast indicated that MAAs had grown a few million sequentially after reporting 20 million MAAs as of the end of Q2 2021 clearly ahead of its multi-year plan, MAA-wise, versus the original 30 to 35 million guidance. Assuming average MAAs of 21.5 million in Q3 2021, it implies ARPU of about $3.56, well below the target of $6 to $7 range. Note, while Comcast does not report the components of Peacock revenue, we have attempted to break out the pieces to yield 21.5 million active accounts and the $3.56 blended ARPU in the table embedded to the right. We see three key reasons for the low current ARPU run rate. A heavy skew towards Cox and Comcast subscribers who do not pay for Peacock Premium. 84% of premium subs are not paying a sub fee. Roughly one-third of MAAs are Peacock-free users who are not gaining access to any of the exclusive content on the platform, This implies that over 85% of Peacock's total MAAs do not pay a subscription fee. And most importantly, very limited usage per MAA per day, as usage is directly tied to advertising ARPU. We also wonder how much usage is pressured by being given away. When you're not paying discreetly or actively for something, we have to believe it negatively impacts usage. This leads to the Peacock financial conundrum. Peacock spent $750 million this past quarter to only generate $230 million of revenue. 
If the key problem is not having enough paying subs beyond Comcast and Cox subs who get it for free and engagement to drive advertising ARPU, the clear answer becomes Peacock needs far more content than it's currently offering. We suspect the sub and ARPU breakeven is far higher than Comcast guided to back in early 2020, as the level of programming and marketing spend needed is substantially higher to drive subs and engagement. It's worth considering that even if ARPU was at the original guided range of 6 to $7, Peacock would still be losing money this past quarter, and we have to believe the programming spend needed to drive that level of ARPU dwarfs what Peacock is currently spending. Investors should be prepared for far greater Peacock investment spending over the next few years if Peacock wants to be a top four must-have streaming service, as their leak strategy deck indicated. See the Business Insider post. There is no way to build streaming cheaply, especially given rapidly rising competition that dwarfs Peacock today. Herein lies the dis-synergy within Comcast, as they're clearly using the whole company to help drive Peacock, even though Comcast investors really only care about its broadband connectivity business. There would be no Peacock if Comcast did not own NBCU, nor Peacock investment spending. Instead, Comcast would be focused on enabling all broadband services to flourish versus worrying about driving its own vertically integrated service to success. To be clear, Peacock can be successful as a hybrid advertising subscription service. However, NBC Universal needs to put dramatically higher investment spending into Peacock. Halloween Kills and Boss Baby showed how day-and-date movies on Peacock drive subs, akin to HBO Max's success this year. While Universal is reverting back to theatrical windows, albeit shorter windows, going forward for most films, we believe Peacock would be far more successful if every film was day-and-date. We also believe all major programming should air first on Peacock. No reason that any show should originate on a broadcast or cable network if the goal is to drive Peacock subscribers and engagement. Let linear TV be the second window if you need to fill airtime. But if Peacock is the primary focus, NBC Universal needs to put all of its programming resources and muscle into making it a must-have service. Why is The Voice not on Peacock first? Why is all EPL not on Peacock? Why bother splitting it with USA Network? Why is new series La Brea not a Peacock exclusive? Dabbling in streaming is unlikely to get Peacock to be a must-have top four service. Number two, conflicting video strategy. Why bundle video if tvOS is the bigger prize? Investors now view Comcast and its peers as a connectivity company. Broadband has become an essential utility, while consumer interest in video subscriptions has waned for the past decade with cord-cutting trends now meaningfully accelerating. As streaming options proliferate and the breadth and quality of content on those streaming services increase dramatically, industry multi-channel video subscriptions have shrunk from over 100 million to 75 million today. Comcast correctly recognized the consumer trend towards over-the-top streaming services, investing in a tech stock that could integrate SVOD, and fast AVOD services such as Netflix, YouTube, Prime Video, Hulu, etc. Comcast began integrating these third-party services into their X1 set-top boxes and then later into their Roku-like flex boxes designed for broadband-only subscribers. Importantly, these devices were only offered within the Comcast footprint and required consumers to be a Comcast subscriber. Over the past couple of years, consumer behavior and focus has shifted once again. Moving away from add-on IP set-top boxes, 
so-called hockey pucks, and streaming sticks, dongles, increasingly consumers are simply choosing to use the tvOS embedded within their smart TVs. This has led to a rapidly escalating tvOS war, with everyone realizing how much power comes with controlling the operating system on the biggest screen in the home. See our recent operating system post. Comcast Chairman and CEO Brian Roberts spoke to the opportunities created by being the tvOS as part of the recent Skyglass launch in Europe. The key line is, quote, It's where you watch Premier League, Sky News, viral videos. It's where you stream your top shows. We believe it can be so much more than that in the years ahead. Whether it's music, gaming, video conferencing, healthcare, education, connected home. In the U.S., the native tvOS space has been dominated by Roku, Samsung, Vizio, Google, Android, and LG. Amazon has just entered space with its Omni series last week, pivoting from its prior focus on dongles and fire sticks. But the most interesting new entrant into the tvOS wars is Comcast, with the recent launch of its X-Class TVs being sold via Walmart currently. While Skyglass and X-Class are very different products, Today, Roberts's comments give you a sense of why and the future of X-Class, clearly highlighting the power of being the tvOS. In the aforementioned Skyglass clip, there was no mention of watching linear TV outside of live sports. X-Class TVs mark the first time that Comcast is offering its devices beyond its video and broadband footprint. X-Class TVs can be used anywhere in the U.S. with any broadband service, offering nationwide makes sense as it leverages Comcast's sunk technological investment across every potential household. We honestly never understood why Comcast did not leverage its flex boxes nationwide. Even more interesting, Comcast is offering YouTube TV in addition to the VMVPDs that were available on its flex boxes, Sling and Hulu Live, with a vast array of SVOD, AVOD, and FAST apps. A full list can be found here. Comcast's X-Class launch raises three obvious questions. Why is Comcast still offering video bundles to new subscribers? The economics of video have been growing more challenging for years, and free cash flow from the video business is slim to non-existent, depending on how costs are allocated. If Comcast is willing to offer an X-Class TV within its footprint that enables a subscriber to use YouTube TV, Hulu Live, or Sling, or virtually any SVOD, AVOD, or fast streaming service they want, why invest the time and management energy into the multi-channel video packaging business themselves? Just let others make no money or even lose money on VMVPD packages. As a connectivity company and tvOS platform for services enabled by its connectivity, Comcast should be looking to phase out of the video bundling business. And lastly, if Comcast remains in the video business to help NBC Universal, that is yet another example of the dis-synergy of the combined company. X-Class TVs come with a full year of Peacock Premium, included a $49.99 savings. However, we cannot help but wonder if Peacock really helps sell an X-Class TV. Think of the wireless world, where T-Mobile has leveraged its exclusive relationship with Netflix, Verizon offering the Disney Bundle, Discovery Plus, and AMC Plus, and AT&T offering HBO Max. We obviously understand why Comcast would offer Peacock with X-Class TVs as they own NBCU, which has Peacock as the top management priority. But herein lies more dissynergy from Comcast's vertical integration with NBC Universal. 
If Comcast did not own NBC Universal, we doubt they'd be bundling in Peacock versus other choices. Our aforementioned Peacock MAA table above and recent Comscore data we highlighted both show very limited consumer interest in subscribing or using Peacock outside of Comcast and Cox subscriber set-top boxes, dwarfed by services like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, and even HBO Max and Disney+. If being a TVOS leader is critical for Comcast, Peacock is probably not the best way to help win the TVOS wars. And lastly, if Comcast does not want to be, sorry, if Comcast does want to be in the video bundling business to help NBC Universal's broadcast and cable networks, or simply because it believes it's the best video packager, the question then becomes, why only offer video service in footprint? We had long thought that Comcast would offer flex service outside its footprint and then expand the in footprint only VMVPD service Xfinity stream nationwide. That never happened. But now that Comcast has launched X-Class nationwide, why would Comcast only want to be in the video packaging business within its footprint and not leverage those programming relationships nationwide by offering Xfinity Stream? It feels like Comcast should either start phasing out of the video bundling business and just be a connectivity company or expand its video service nationwide and try to be the largest video bundler there is, leveraging its device footprint. Investors would clearly prefer the former versus the latter. And taking it a step further, not only would investors prefer Comcast's focus on its connectivity business versus video bundling and Peacock, we believe Comcast investors would love Comcast to separate Comcast and NBC Universal, as the strategic future of both assets would be better served as independent entities. We talked to the value of a separation as part of our Warner Media NBC Universal merger post last year. Comcast needs to focus on maintaining its broadband prowess, wired and wireless, and trying to become the leading broadband-powered TV OS platform in the home, while NBC Universal needs to increase content and IP scale to compete as consumer behavior shifts away from linear TV.